so they found out that it was easier to control people to give them a story of existence, have them believe that, and prohibit them from having their own direct access to God. Hello, and welcome to the Increased Life podcast. My name is Jackson Gage, and this is my podcast. Some say the most intriguing podcast in the world, and uh, I do agree with those that say that. So thank you for saying that. Got a good episode today, really good conversation about psychedelics and mental health, and I'm really looking forward to you hearing it, whether you have used psychedelics for your mental health before, or if you're thinking about it, either way, this is going to be a really good informative um, conversation for you. Plus, I, I want to connect you with my guest because he's he's doing the work to help people with these uh, with these modalities. So uh, first and foremost, though, I just want to thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support. I appreciate people sharing what we're doing and hitting me up. Make sure you leave a rating and review and subscribe either on iTunes or Spotify. You know, that that helps us get the message out. So just go to Spotify and hit follow and hit the amount of stars that you want to leave. Plus the videos on Spotify. So that's pretty dope. Um, there's only a small percentage of podcasts right now with video on Spotify and we are one of them. But anyhow, with that being said, yeah, let's just get right down to the show. This is a good one today. My guest, I was connected with my guest. Uh, by a friend of mine that I trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with. Shout out Steve Campbell, a.k.a. McAvoy. And uh, he had run into Gerardo in Ocean Beach, the, the beautiful neighborhood that I live in here in San Diego. Yeah, Steve uh, told me I should connect with this guy. I hit him up and I ended up purchasing his book, which is Taking Back My Mind. You can pick it up on Amazon or on his website. Um, taking back my mind, my journey out of depression with psilocybin mushrooms. And we're going to get into that story uh, today. Super cool guy. Before we did this episode, I went and met with him and had coffee in Ocean Beach. And, you know, we hit it off right away. A lot of, lot of uh, dudes doing a lot of healing for a lot of people and for himself. And that's, that's where the real work is, right? Working on ourselves. And then as we work on ourselves, you know, we generate a light within ourselves and we're able to share that light with the people around us and help people get on the right the right path, right? To happiness and inner peace and alignment with God. My guest today is definitely doing the work and in all facets. Um, his name is Gerardo Urias, and he's an author, a breathwork facilitator, a public speaker, a personal coach, a psychedelic facilitator, and an avid lifelong traveler and adventurer. Spending his entire life since he was uh, since he turned 19 in places like Bavaria, Southeast Asia, Mexico, Central America, Cuba, and Colombia, Gerardo's recently published book *Taking Back My Mind: My Journey Out of Depression with Psilocybin Mushrooms* details his journey out of depression with psilocybin mushrooms, breathwork, cold plunges, yoga, meditation, time in nature, accessing flow state, travel, and uh, philosophy, mainly being Stoic. Uh, Gerardo is currently working on a documentary about his journey, a second book detailing his recent journey with five MEO DMT in Tepotzlan, Mexico. I think that's how you say that, Tepotzlan, Mexico, Mexico. Um, he also has wellness workshops in California. Um, he's doing them down here in San Diego, and he's building multiple psychedelic healing retreats in California and Mexico. You can learn more about everything he's doing at takingbackmymind.com. So without further ado, I want to welcome 
my guest who I hope will be a regular on here because we got really deep into some interesting topics that will be very informative for you. And it will bring value for anybody that's listening, because I think these uh, these medicines are here for us as humans to help us heal, you know, not only help us heal on the macro heal the world around us, but but they're here to help us heal ourselves. And with, within, you know, as we heal ourselves, the world heals. And, um, you know, I had that conversation with a buddy of mine just today. He, he was telling me, yeah, well, you know, I like I, I do breath work and I know, you know, my breath work is kind of like uh, psychedelics for you. And yeah, breath work is good. Breath work is great. But from my um, from my uh, viewpoint, uh, I believe that all humans could use plant medicine because all humans have trauma and all humans have been domesticated. And this is how we break free and get into alignment with our with our higher power, you know, get into alignment with our our true source, get into alignment with who we are. So, um, you'll see, we get more into this and it's a very deep conversation. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here and uh, make sure you share this and hit me up at the increase life. If you have any questions or you just want to connect and see what we're doing, you know, we're trying to bring, we're not trying to bring, we're bringing some light to the world with this podcast. So again, without further ado for the second time, I want to welcome my guest, Gerardo Urias. Welcome to the show, my friend. All right, here we go. Welcome to the show, Gerardo. How you doing, man? It's good to see I'm you. I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Thank good, you. Good. It's good to see you too. Thank yeah. you for having me on the show. For sure, man. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. You um, got it. Yeah, man. So uh, we can get right into it. Um, I would like you to kind of share with the listeners so they know who you are, um, how you came about, you know, writing this book, you know, what, what were the experiences that kind of transpired and we can kind of go from there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, yeah, there's uh, my broad story encompasses my whole life, really, you know, but um, I'll start off five years ago, uh, where that book starts off. And um, I was living in Mexico. I was married at the time. Um, and life was going very good. Um, after years and years of working towards this goal of sort of liberating ourselves from the grind, the nine to five, you know, we achieved that. It was pretty, it was pretty epic. It was an epic four years. Absolutely. Um, my, my married life was really exciting. <laughs> so um, life then happened and uh, things happened and uh, a lot of things fell apart. My marriage fell apart and then that dissolved everything that we've been working for. And then some family stuff, my father passed away right after our separation. So all of this is like a, a steamrolled right through my life. I had some health issues too, some hearing issues. I was going deaf. I deaf surgery, which turned out well, but that at this time, exactly, I was going through that as well. So my mental health just took a nosedive. Um, there was really nothing I could do to get out. I tried therapy, I tried antidepressants, I tried everything. Um, and it was very real things, you know, it was, I mean, my life fell apart and then I had health issues. I, there was, I didn't know how to uh, get out of it. It was just going straight towards, you know, a very bad ending. Um, so that persisted for 10 months. And it would have been a very bad ending, probably the ultimate ending, because I was having suicidal ideations. And I, I wanted an exit. You know, it was, it was that that depth of um, darkness and um, uh, just emptiness. And after trying everything and kind of feeling very uh, hopeless, my brother suggested magic mushrooms. This was four years ago, four plus. So all this whole psychedelic renaissance and everything you're hearing now in the media was not out yet. Um, so it's still a pretty, uh, very new idea which I had heard of, but I didn't think it would work, honestly. 
Um, but I took a leap of faith and we ate some mushrooms, took a walk on the beach. And during this journey is where the depression dissipated and lifted. And that's the magical story that turned into the book that I wrote. I immediately decided to start writing the book two weeks later because the improvement continued. Um, I just kept getting better day by day. Mm -hmm. And uh, that de developed into the book two years later. Um, and that was three years ago I published the book. In 20, um, during COVID, I published it. So since then, there's been a whole <laughs> a whole layer of things that have happened with me and so much progress on so many fronts and just steamrolling ahead with the this mission of mine to raise awareness through books, documentaries, retreats, workshops are running now, um, exciting things. So that kind of brings us to the present, a little bit of background. Okay. So it was, so all of this where you have a few questions because, so basically you all at one time, you know, your, your marriage kind of fell apart and then your business that was thriving fell apart. Your father passed away and then you started having some serious health problems with hearing and you sunk into this deep depression and which was leading to a very dark place, you know, and I think a yes. lot of people can relate with, with the depression. So, and your brother told you take some uh, psilocybin mushrooms and you say that you took those mushrooms and you were, went from this dark place to feeling better. Was that with, with one experience that happened? Yes. And can you kind of detail that a little bit? Yes, that was, it was during that experience precisely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started the day out in the morning and I was uh, staying with my sister on the beach in Oceanside, right across from the pier, right down from the pier. And this, this is where I grew up. I grew up in Oceanside. So Oceanside is very home to me. This beach, I grew up uh, bodyboarding, surfing on this very beach, you know. So it was very home and, and um, you know, I'm so grateful that that is where I was because we didn't have a plan. This was way before set and setting, way before we had all of this knowledge now. Um, and I don't know, we would have probably just done it in an apartment, say, if we were in an apartment somewhere, not on the beach. And I don't know what would have happened, you know, so I happened to be like in the absolute perfect setting. And we ate the mushrooms and we decided, well, there's the beach, right? Let's take a walk. And so we just naturally and magically just took a walk and they hit really quick. Within 15, 20 minutes, I felt a shift, felt a little tingle. And it was um, a reminiscent tingle. It was something I remembered because I had taken a lot of psychedelics in my youth, in my 20s. Um, it had been a long time, but that feeling came back and it was a really pleasant euphoric feeling that I remembered so fondly from back in my 20s when I was raging in Europe, living there, skiing, just hardcore ski, ski bomb. And that's what I did for three years, ski. And, and uh, you know, I was 20, so party and smoke weed and eat a lot of mushrooms. It was epic. So that feeling came back and I just, it lifted me. And I just thought, whoa. And it honestly was the first um, feeling and emotion that I had in 10 months that wasn't just utter fear and loneliness and darkness and just doom, like <laughs> everything's done. And then all of a sudden, boom, this euphoria uh, kicks in. And then it started ramping up and we walked on the pier. Everything started slowing down. And I just noticed that I felt good. And that I wasn't really thinking about everything I had been ruminating for nonstop day and night because I would have nightmares and I couldn't sleep in the first place. So when I did sleep, it was like horrible nightmares about my marriage and all those things. So I couldn't get a break. And uh, this feeling displaced those thoughts I just couldn't think anymore and I understand you know I, I wrote the books so and now understanding the mechanism of what happens in the brain that default mode network it's called that default mode of the ego that ruminates into the future and the past uh it slows down the, the blood flow slows down to that so you kind of take that offline so I experienced that 
And then those thoughts that were right here in front of my face nonstop all the time were gone. And I was present. And then everything was beautiful. It was a beautiful, sunny day in San Diego. Amazing. And I just started enjoying the day. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, this it's pretty beautiful. My it's a, such a um, in-depth story. My color, my vision came back. I had lost color vision, or at least in my memory, those last 10 months were um, sort of black and white, gray. And this brought color vision back. And it was color vision. Um, I detail in the book a bit through a case study of somebody else who experienced the same thing without psychedelics. Color lost through um, bipolar disorder. And I had extreme depression. So his experience was similar to mine. He regained his color through uh, cold exposure and breathwork, something known as the Wim Hof Method. That brought his color vision back. And in the same way that I, during this cycle of journey, my color vision came back. Very interesting. I, I, I um, talk about that in my book because I'm fascinated by that. Similar brain activity occurs during breathwork as psychedelics, and there's something in there you know, that I'm trying to figure out because <laughs> I haven't seen much research on that. And so it was a very um, liberating moment. I was just on the, on the beach, uh, enjoying the day with my brother. And so the feeling came on and then the journey started and feeling so euphoric and just incredible, incredible. We took a walk. We went back to the apartment. And so at this point, depression has gone already. I mean, this is within an hour, hour and a half that I was back to um, feeling good. I wouldn't even say neutral. I, I, I was euphoric. I was, I was in a... I was pretty much transported back to the incredible mushroom journeys I had in, in Germany. And that feeling was consumed me again. And I was back to that self. I thought, wow, I remember this. This is going to be fun. And since that moment, the depression never came back. Hmm. So from, I got a couple questions about that. So for at the end there, what you're saying is it, it made you feel like you were that, like back to that childlike sense of wonder yeah. about the world. Yeah. And, and oh, stuff, exactly. all the heaviness that we carry it kind of got rid of that and from a physiological standpoint what you were explaining is that it calms down the portion of the brain that makes us worry about the future and, and think about the past it brings you into the moment and this is a scientific uh portion of it that you were explaining I, I, what, what was the system you called it the uh default mode network default mode network and it slows mm -hmm. that down is that what you're yes. saying it, mm -hmm. yeah psychedelics uh meditation yoga breath work and these are all, this is all research I did in writing the book to find the commonalities in, throughout all of these states, brain states. So it's very, very common um, activity. As well, so those four, meditation, yoga, breathwork, psychedelics, as well as children under age of five, seven or so, um, the same brain activity, essentially. So that explains that feeling of joy, that feeling of novelty, of wonder mm -hmm. that a child has. And yes, essentially that means the children, all children are tripping. We come into this life tripping and then we get that default mode network. So during our first five, seven years, it's like adults tripping, just wonder everywhere. And, and that is what they, that's, that's how we come into this world. And then the default mode network comes in and you start making um, connections with, with um, patterns and specifically when it comes to visual and brain development and how to coordinate and how to operate in this physical world. Uh, you do that through uh, observing fractal patterning in nature and then what fractal patterning means. And then you develop your perception of objects. This is an object, that's an object, and that's the development of the brain, the co-creation of our reality between our brain and uh, our external environment with the universe. 
and that's how that's sort of how that mechanism works and the as we age once the dmn comes online which is around adolescence that default mode network which serves as the purpose of a sense of identity which is necessary so the dmn we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for the development of the dmn which means our ego you know? so the ego is actually a very important function of us which is responsible for evolution so that sense of identity sense of separateness of self-serving to survive you know? and that becomes stronger and stronger over our life rigid more and the neural pathways become more and more rigid and rigid and that develops into that rigid thinking we can all relate with uh as we get older we just get more rigid in all respects that's the great continuum of existence what's inside is outside everything that that's the best way i can say what's inside is outside I and mean, if, if you think as we age we become rigid physically also mentally and emotionally we get locked into the same patterns of emotion and thought and, and mind so the great news about this is that can all be reversed and we can increase neuroplasticity in that region uh with that mechanism of that dmn becoming so rigid we can we can loosen that through all of these modalities and that's the great thing about this whole area of health as well as it doesn't have to be psychedelics we can achieve those same brain states through those other means as well other than becoming a child again but we can visit mentally those child states which is magical yeah yeah and i think i don't know what your thoughts are on it but in comparison um I mean, I, I haven't, ex I've experienced a lot of those things. I haven't experienced anything that will bring you into those states as powerfully as psychedelics, oh, right. you know, absolutely. Um, and what you were saying, I was talking to a friend recently and she was talking about, um, she was telling me how she, she had listened to one of my other podcasts, which, uh, my jujitsu podcast, which had inspired her to, uh, somewhere I talked about microdosing in the past, she heard it and it inspired her to microdose and, uh, she just started microdosing again. And that was her observation. She was like, I feel like I did when I was in high school. Like, I feel like a kid again, like everything, there's wonder in the world right now. Right. And she's just taking, you know, point that she's taking a little bit of micro um, of psilocybin mm -hmm. every few days. Mm -hmm. And it's making her life so much better just with that. Um, what's your, well, let me ask you this for the people listening. What is, um, what would be because you know the listeners would be and someone who hasn't experienced this would be like oh that's drugs that's bad for me there's probably horrible side effects and you know i would say the medicine that's given for depression and these type of things those are addictive and those are poisonous and uh what are your thoughts on on that question for somebody asking you that who might want to try microdosing or psilocybin but they're scared that it's a drug or mm -hmm. you know, right right uh, right yeah well yeah i mean that tackles the main issue in modern society is that this 50-year war on drugs um, has been believed at large and and it is really embedded in the minds of of uh, modern society so it now there's a lot a lot of evidence um a lot that write in my book and there's a lot of books out there that write about the history of psychedelics and why they're illegal with all the research of the beneficial health uh outcomes using these you know, so all of that research in combination with the history of why they are actually illegal which is completely political um you know at the end of the day we need to just re-educate ourselves and everything and the society because what's believed is not true language is very limiting so just the word drug in itself is a very vague term uh we need to start right there um, to pretty much strip 
take drug the word drug out of our language because what does that mean exactly we are made of drugs we are made of oxytocin of dopamine of serotonin um so how people think of drugs is a, a thing externally that that we take and then it gives us an experience but there's nothing inherently in any drug that isn't in us and that's why it works right it, um, these molecules attached to our receptors and so it's all the drug experience is, is activating the molecules and the uh, chemistry and biochemistry within us that create the experience. So it's our body creating the experiences. We are constantly doing this with our perception. Perception itself is based on, and we're getting uh, closer and closer to understanding this mechanism, but um, DMT, which we create in our body, DMT is the most potent psychedelic that there is, 5-MDO-DMT. Um, and we create that. And we believe it has a large part in creating our consciousness and our perception of reality you know just right there that alone means that I mean, we depend on a what we would classify as a drug and is illegal 5-MeO which we make in our bodies is illegal in most of modern society I mean you know stop for a second to think about that and that's essentially the problem right so it's education uh, of reality which is you know for example, nobody's ever died on psilocybin mushrooms because I we, I don't believe it's possible because it's not toxic. If then you have to kind of take the wider view as well and incorporate your environment, your upbringing, and your societal views. Um, we know very well, and I don't think anybody would debate that alcohol is um, not healthy. Uh, then we have the staggering statistics of how many people it kills a year. I believe it's three million a year in the U.S. alone. You know, we love alcohol. And here we have this fear. And so everybody really needs to just stop at that moment and just introspect and think, why do I have this fear of this thing that's never killed one human being in history? Yet I may be drinking a beer right now. So we need to disassemble everything we've learned, you know, pretty much and start over with new current research and science. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, a thought that I had was, well, for one, just, and Terrence McKenna talks about how it's insane that we are it, it um Graham Hancock as well I'm not sure if you're familiar with Graham Hancock he talks yeah. about how it's, it's insane that we are it's illegal for one it's illegal to explore our own consciousness you know right. that's that's illegal that's a federal crime to explore mm -hmm. our own consciousness you can get locked in a cage for exploring your own mind yeah you know it's wild and, uh, yeah man and that you know it's wild that that goes pretty deep right because is that why is that why don't they want us to know right. our true power you know why exactly. why can't we explore who we are you know and because when we don't explore who we are and explore our consciousness we we remain these encaged like don miguel where he says domesticated almost slaves you know and mm -hmm. as soon as you start exploring who you are and realizing your power and you, it break all that domestication breaks away and you're free to be who you truly are and that's illegal right. you know right right and also as a as a police officer for 10 years I, the, the number of calls that I went to because of alcohol, almost every, every, you know, the car accidents, the domestic violence, the abuse, the fights, the stabbings, the shootings, almost every single one of them involved alcohol. Of course. I never went, I never went to a violent call or anything like that because somebody was on plant medicine. Right. I never did. Right. Unless somebody was tripping too hard and they wanted yeah, by themselves and walked off from a rave or something. And, yeah. And they got scared and somebody thought yeah. they were going crazy, but you right. know, nothing violent. And, uh, you know, and personally, I don't drink 
I don't drink alcohol and it's not because I don't have a problem. It's because it's poison, you know, right. And right, in right, our society, right. when I tell somebody that I don't drink, the first thing they say is, well, do you have a, do you have a problem? Do you have yeah. a drinking problem? They think something's wrong because I don't drink. And uh, you're talking about, you know, we don't have alcohol receptors, sure. alcohol, you know, alcohol is exactly. a foreign poison that yeah. we're putting in our body. We yeah. have these endocannabinoid receptors that work directly with, you know, right. mushrooms, marijuana. Yeah. We produce, like you said, we produce DMT. Yeah. Plants produce, like DMT right. is the way that plants communicate, mm-hmm. you know, and we also yeah. have that. And yeah. it's, um, but it's, it's just a good thing. Like what you're doing is, is an amazing thing because this is what we need to yeah. heal humanity, man. You know, and so yeah. you're doing your part. So uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So what's your, uh, what, while we're on that, uh, I, I kind of just want to change into kind of explaining um, kind of like microdosing to people yeah. because yeah. some people think, oh, mushrooms, I don't, a lot, a lot of people I've talked to, they're scared to trip. They're scared mm-hmm. of, a, of a big dose and, mm-hmm. you know, they're scared to meet their true self. They're scared of who they truly are. They're scared mm-hmm. of what they're hiding down there and that, that they've been hiding all these years, you mm-hmm. know, because most of us have trauma and we find ways to uh, escape that trauma right mm-hmm. with all of these other things we mask it and if you take a large dose of some plant medicine psilocybin mushrooms you can't hide from yourself anymore and you got to face mm-hmm. these things but that's how we expel them that's how we exercise our darkness um but a good way to get started on the path is microdosing. and um, right, right. What, what are your thoughts on that and kind of some of the modalities i know your experience with that you coach people with that so yes it's very effective absolutely very effective it's just another route um and I explain it that it's, you can reach the same end really, because none of these, for me, at least in how I train people, none of our, my modalities are, are rigid in just one way. You know, I kind of assess the person and see what they're looking for. And then that gauges the intensity of the, um, the psychological journey that we go on using the mushrooms, as well as the physical aspect. The, the physical aspect is is huge for me. It, it, all the breath work and the ice bath and the routine and the, the, um, state of mind, philosophy, practice, all of these things are the reason that I am where I am. It's not just the psychedelics or just any one thing, you know. So through uh, my own practice with myself and then how I coach others and I've seen the results in others is uh, I, if they don't want the full-blown journey, then we can draw it out and do a six-week program and, but we throw everything in there. You know, it's, for me, it's um, the big picture. It's okay if you want to recreate your life, because if you're not happy, if you're not joyful, then there's no one thing that you're going to have to fix. You're going to have to restructure everything, all your relationships, all of your habits, all the food you're eating, all the things you're ingesting, all the, it starts with the bottom, you know? And so we throw everything at it and physical activity and, and the physical com- component is absolutely necessary. Because that's what keeps the upward spiral of uh, improvement, you know, on the cellular level, as well as which, of course, um, manifests out into feeling good, improving health. Uh, So I see magnificent, magnificent success with that, going that route, you know, throw, start a microdosing program and incorporate a health routine. Um, That in combination can absolutely get to the same place if you have a heroic journey heroic dose if you have one really strong journey that can really revolutionize your entire life in one day of course i believe and i've seen that people can get there through microdosing it just takes longer is more involved um you know that's all i so there seems to be 
a little bit of um belief around this developing that it should or it should be or it has to be one or the other <laughs> i always explain there's no or here what i suggest is both again we're dealing with a very powerful natural non-toxic uh, molecule when it comes to psilocybin that is actually good for us it's actually anti-inflammatory it ha has it's good for our gut for the microbiota we're talking about a vegetable just redo the terminology it's a vegetable like the mushrooms that you buy in the store and it's very good for you so there's no need to limit you just need to know how to work with it you know what i suggest and if you absolutely want to dramatically change your life is you arrange in a responsible manner to have that big journey and that's day one and you get you clear your calendar, you get a new calendar, and you start your your new life. And you write that date. For me, it's December twenty second, two thousand seventeen. My life started over right there. You do the journey, and then you follow up with a guide, with somebody who's trained. That's you know again, that's what I do for the next six weeks, three months. Um, a microdose protocol where you continue with the yoga meditation. Uh, you know, combining everything together and integrating that original journey in with your ongoing microdosing journey. And I mean, you are not just 10 xing like a thousand xing your potential on every level, you know, so that um, it's it's also just like a force multiplier. Think of it, microdosing, like a force multiplier. You, it just gives you that that leverage, you know, to amplify your, your potential. Um, works as an antidepressant as well, just on the biological level. Um, it attaches to serotonin. So you're going to have those feel good molecules. So that's just on the physical level what happens with microdosing. Um, there is, uh, of course, a slight disarming of the DMN, the default mode network. So the full journey completely takes that offline if you go to that full end of the spectrum. So a microdose will do that, you know, in a micro way. But that difference alone is enough to change lives, to, to see the world in a new light. My brother literally is going through this right now. Um, my broader story from where the book started to now is really incredible and magical and surreal because... He saved my life on December 22nd, 2017. And then he fell into some health issues and he's been suffering ever since three, four years ago, almost since this happened. He's been suffering with insomnia and some health issues. And it, it, he's really suffered a lot. Um, he just has not wanted to get out of bed. It's been sort of where I was, which is really interesting to me on you know, why this happened, but that's where he's been. So I finally got him to go up to Oaxaca with me uh, right after our retreat last October, our first international retreat. And I took him to my medicine woman to heal him. And we did our ceremony and not by our choice, but through the planning and things moving around, the date happened to land on the same date, December 22nd, that he saved my life five years ago. So we had this ceremony to heal him on December 22nd, which is also the winter solstice. Also, you know, uh, symbolic of new beginnings and around Christmas time. I mean, it's just such a powerful, magical story. And and so we did our ceremony and within 10 minutes, he fell asleep and he slept, hard, he slept for three hours, which he claimed he had never done before. And then he woke up and he didn't realize he was sleeping when real, he realized that there's a little bit of, um, there's a perceptual problem there too. So his issue goes much deeper and we've been working on it since. But he started his healing there and he's he he calls it cpr for his soul the two weeks he was with me in oaxaca he said those two weeks were cpr for his soul and he had life again i saw the, the lights turn on again uh my brother who turned my lights on 
and that was a few months ago. He's been really uh, so much better, a lot more life. And then I referred him to a friend who runs a microdose therapy program because his his issue is very deep psychologically, I believe. So he just started that program and he just took his second microdose in that program yesterday. And he wrote me a, a text that he hasn't felt this good. And this was yesterday. hasn't felt this good in four years. This is the first day in four years he's wanted to get out of bed. And he kept writing and he said, wow, I am blown away. I can't believe he was having a great day. And so this is just starting and this is now going to continue. So that's the potential of microdosing. This is somebody who has been suffering severe chronic insomnia, has been in very poor health physically. And two, two microdoses in four or five days into this program, he's already like feeling wonderful. So there's a lot of potential in any way that you incorporate this medicine. Um, it's very personal. That's the thing. You develop a relationship with it. I have the deepest relationship with that medicine, with the psilocybin. That's my medicine. So it helps me when I need it. I know how it works with me. I know how it works with my body. I know if I need a little, a lot, if I need, if I need a macro dose, if I'm just, and that's uh, the goal, you know? Mm. So did he have, uh, when he was in Oaxaca with that, uh, with the heavier dose, did he experience, was it a difficult, uh, was it a difficult trip for him or um, no, was it more euphoric or no, it wasn't. Uh, my medicine woman is, is a real medicine woman from Oaxaca and does her practice in the same way. It's been carried forward, you know, for thousands of years and her, the way she does is she, she starts you off slow with a little bit and then kind of ramps it up, but she's not doing it for the experience. Um, she's doing it for healing. And so she taps in, she eats the mushroom, she taps into her healing zone. And then based on that and the intuition she receives, she'll give you more or less whatever the goal is. It's like she channels what is needed and then gives gives you that, you know. So mm -hmm. for him, she didn't give him that much, give him a little bit, then a little bit more, and then he fell asleep. And the issue he went for was for insomnia. You know, that's what wow. he, he went for. And so she saw he fell asleep. So, she, you know, right there, she she knew and she realized, okay, I know what the issue is. It's much deeper. And so we let him sleep and he didn't really go into like a heavy journey. When he woke up, he felt it slightly. I would say it was like a, a 0. 0.4, maybe half a gram, a few micros. Um, so he didn't have a strong journey, but we disarmed the DMN enough. We controlled the environment enough to isolate what his body is doing and then controlling the energy through there, all the things, and you know, this is a bit of my theory, but all the things that his mind is always on and whatever reason is preventing him from sleeping was disarmed during the, you know, those four or five hours of ceremony mm -hmm. and he slept. And so that gave my medicine woman enough, enough information to continue her process. And so her process, you know, this is, we're talking about real healing at the soul level so she told him come back on the full moon in august which is now when we're running our retreat we're actually doing a retreat on the full moon in august mm. and doing a big thing out of it um i'm trying to get him to go that is what she wanted him to do i've told him that this is one of the most powerful people on earth that told you basically it's a doctor's recipe i want to see you <laughs> take this mushroom i'll see you on the full moon in august direct orders so i hope he does and and i know I mean, right now, the microdosing protocol is healing, and, and I know he's going to make leaps and bounds. By August, maybe he's already on top of the world, who knows? But um, 
his healing was absolutely happening and started the moment he fell asleep in those moments. Wow. That's yeah. powerful, man. Yeah. That's uh yeah, super powerful. And for anybody listening, I, I think it's, you know, the, and through my own experience, it's, you know, the, it, the mushrooms kind of give you in the plant medicine, they'll give you what you need, even if you're not guided. But I think it's really important, especially if you're doing it the first time to connect with a, a guide or a, a shaman somebody you know somebody like gerardo who you know who can kind of guide you through it and make sure you don't overdo it and is there to help you through the process i think that makes a huge difference um because like for me the the mushroom trips i had were not guided i did have guided ayahuasca that that was still pretty difficult but uh the the mushroom trips that i've had which i just went up in the mountains and did those you know i didn't i, I was coming from a place of just not knowing anything about it just so here's a bunch of mushrooms just going to eat these so like i said they give you what you need but you know if they gave me a lot they gave me a lot mm -hmm. when i took mm -hmm. them and i probably needed that you know it shook me to my core for sure and that's mm -hmm. years and years of domestication and trauma just being brought up and and spit out you know in a few mm -hmm. hours and you just have to sit and deal with it um but i can say man from the time i did those mushrooms and then the ayahuasca which was three years ago i was telling my friend the other day that it's almost if you look at my life then and now it's there's been so many changes from mm -hmm. the time I went to Peru and did the ayahuasca until right now so many positive changes um in my life and I can attribute it a lot to that because it's just almost it's crazy how many things changed as I change as I change myself you know as you work on yourself I'm a big proponent of as you work on yourself your world changes you know your world is a reflection of your inner state so if you're doing plant medicine and you're working on yourself and your soul and your trauma, your life is going to change on the outside. So, um, yeah, man, that's powerful. And, uh, that's, uh, I love the story about your brother. Uh, we'll see if he goes back. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible because it's happening literally right now in real time. You know, this, yeah. this, this whole story is playing out and this has also been my goal. This is why I'm doing everything I'm doing. Ultimately, if you really get to know my backstory, my ultimate goal with this whole thing, aside from, you know, helping to helping others and helping heal the world and all of that is literally to heal my brother and to heal my family and my family issue, right? My family situation right now is very heavy because of all of this and there's a lot of work to do, but essentially my entire goal has been, has been to heal my brother and my family. And that yeah. can, that continues. I will continue the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's powerful too, man, because like I said, I, I believe that you know, if we want to heal the world, we, we got to heal ourselves right? And, and those around us, you know, yeah. and, and that's really the best we can do. And as we heal ourselves, we become a light, like you become a light, you're healing yourself. And now you become a lighthouse for people. Yeah, exactly. And I believe that's how it works, man. So exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. The know, opening line in my book, the opening quote in my book is by David Hawkins. And it says, everything you see happening is a consequence of that, which you are. Mm, yes. I love that. Everything you see happening is a consequence of that which you are. Is that the consequence of that which you are? The consequence. Yeah. yeah. It's the consequence. Yeah, yeah. man. I love so it. As you're saying, it is your 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 life in every aspect of it is a mirror image of your consciousness and your the essence of who you are, of what you are, is yes. everything you see happening. Yes. So and and as uh someone who's never heard something like that, it may sound 
kind of nuts, but man, every right. spiritual teacher that ever walked the earth and every right. medicine man and everybody who's ever taught people, including probably Jesus Christ and Buddha and everybody else would sit in front of you and tell you, if you want your life to change, you have to look within, you yes. know, you have to work on yourself. You can't mm -hmm. change your husband. You can't change your wife. You can't change, can't change anything outside of yourself. That's, that's trying to control the universe. But what you can right. control is your own consciousness. And as you heal that, the world will change, mm -hmm. you know? So, right. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about this, uh, this place in Oaxaca, man, that you go, is this a village? Is this a town? Is this a, yeah, it's a friend. It's a, I was connected through very good friends and family. So it's really like a personal friend, um, okay. and started bringing, yeah, did a, did our retreat last year for the first time. And it's in, it's a small village up in the mountains, um, between Oaxaca and the beach and uh, Puerto Escondido. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of villages up around in those mountains. You know, it's a, it's a three, uh, six hour drive. So lots of little villages scattered about, you know, so it's a small village um, up in the mountains. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's uh, so much nature surrounded by absolute nature and just real Mexico, you know, mm -hmm. um, how they really do things. And the, the stoves are beautiful, just made out of, uh, out of bricks and and very simple earthy uh, construction materials, uh, wood fire for all the stoves, and just such a great rustic charm to that area in Oaxaca in general. Um, I've um, since I went there to start filming the documentary that I'm working about on about all this. Uh, this is where I went, where I started. So I just really fell in love with the area and got really connected with uh, the people and the locals, and um, spent a lot of time there. You know, so I love. Um, doing tours and showing people everything about Oaxaca. It's incredible. Now, is she, is this the curandera, the medicine woman? Is mm -hmm. she still, so as far as the community there, mm -hmm. do, does she still administer psilocybin to the people of the community that need it? She doesn't do really work anymore, no. She doesn't okay. really work. Uh, yeah, she does uh, every once in a while, I believe, with mostly people who know her. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's not, it's not a tourist thing. It's not a, open for business thing you know yeah no no i mean as far as like uh the 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 locals right for the locals well she was telling me it's interesting she was telling me that she works when she does work she works with people from other villages and, and people from outside because it's a very small village and she says there's a lot of uh politics within the village as with any society right and so there's some politics where she doesn't uh, apparently really like working too much with locals because of gossip and things like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's um yeah, there's no structure, you know, to this existence. It's a, uh, it's a very natural way of just, of just being. Um, and, and uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting how she operates, but she doesn't really operate too much locally, but then not, you know, not on a big scale. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah man so i had another question and when, when we had talked prior to this i had mentioned um you know i was going through some shit and i was I, I, my thing was i i wanted i'm feeling close to wanting to, to do another trip you know maybe not a heroic but a, a bigger mm -hmm. trip uh to, just to go inside and work on some things but i was telling you i'm going through some shit right now though mm -hmm. and your response was you know you started laughing and you're like that's probably the best time to do it you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and can you go into that a little bit? Because I think some people are are hesitant because they don't want to. 
face the things that are going on at them or think they think they're going to have a bad trip because they're having a hard time in life right now. Right. And you're saying right. that's probably the best time to go into a ceremony, go into yourself. Right. Right. Most definitely. Yeah. We always feel we need to be prepared and prepared for everything in general. We have a tendency to be prepared and that's good. You know, we, we do need to, to have that. Um, <clears throat> but we get confused here with being prepared logistically with um, situationally or emotionally or mentally. We kind of get drawn into, well, I'm not in a good place right now and therefore it may not be a good time or I should get to a better place emotionally before I go down this path. So that's where I say, no, that's not necessarily correct, you know, because uh, the present challenges need to be resolved. So anything that in, is an issue in your life, if you're having, especially if it's emotional, if it's anxiety or whatever um, physical symptoms you're having, your body's communicating with you. This is another underlying uh, educational understanding of health itself. When something's wrong, that's communication. That's your body telling you, you need to do something about this. So the time is now, if you're having issues and there's anxiety or if there's something, your body's telling you, let's do something. And this is one powerful way to do it. So you don't need to wait until there's either that, or if you wait, right, let's just say you have a lot of anxiety and you think, okay, I'm not ready right now. Let's just wait uh, a month. Well, you still have from this point to a month to deal with it. And we're not biologically built to feel the best all the time. We're, we're biologically built to survive. So naturally trying to feel better is probably not going to work that well. It'll work the same as it has worked, which it hasn't. That's why you have the anxiety. So you need to do a different um, approach. And rather than wait and continue suffering that full month with this anxiety, you can have that result now. So there's no need to wait until you're mentally and emotionally prepared, um, I feel. You need to be psychologically fit for it. So you need to do all all of the responsible analysis of yourself and make sure um, foundationally and mentally that you can handle a journey. Okay, you don't have psychosis, a history of schizophrenia, things like that. If you're overall healthy and the issue is general, um, general distress over life, but you are healthy to have a psychedelic journey, um, then it is very important to prepare the journey and that's logistical, right? So that is of course extremely important. Take a week off of work. You need to definitely have a few days off afterwards. You need to do that. That's a non-negotiable. You need to find a guide. You need to have the right setting, all of that stuff. You have to absolutely do that. That's different. That's logistical. Um, and if you can do that, if you have resources to do that, then I would argue that that's the most important thing you can do. Put everything else off. If you're not, if that's what they say about meditation. If you don't have time to meditate, then you need three hours of meditation. You know, so it, if if you're dealing with that, um, yeah, no, there, there's no reason to put it off. You need to, we don't have that much time on the search, so you don't want to live in this constant state of distress or anxiety or just a lack of joy. In my opinion, that is the most important problem to resolve. So if that's your situation, but you're putting that on the back burner saying that, you, well, I'm gonna wait until this, this, and this until, I'm, until that's ready. Well, priorities are really off. Joy needs to come now. Fix the joy, fix the present issue of, of um, distress. And we have the ways to do that. We've, we've seen all the evidence and then everything else falls into place. So it's a restructuring mentally to of, um, your life situation. Really. Okay. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're scared to, to go for it for whatever reason, Gerardo saying that that means now is probably the time to just 
go for Absolutely. it. Heal Absolutely. yourself now or else you'll be scared forever and you'll continue to suffer and you will never be able to exercise that darkness that can turn into many sicknesses, you know, including disease and that type of thing. So, oh, yeah, uh, right, right. That's the bigger picture. And again, that's why I say it's actually imperative. It's imperative. If you're living with a, a constant elevated uh, levels of epinephrine, cortisol, um, you're going to become ill eventually. So this is, yes, this is imperative for health. That decision right there is absolutely imperative for the future of your health. Yeah, very clear. That's very clear. And that's another thing that I don't think a lot of people in our society understand because of Western medicine that, right. you know, stress and past trauma built up and you're hiding it. Like we talked about, you're pushing it down and doing other things to hide it, man, that can clearly turn into disease, you know, within your, your body, you know, physiologically. And oh, uh, absolutely, we have these medicines that the earth has given us that can help us clear all that shit out so that we can be healthy, you know, so that we can live healthy, happy lives. Right. It's illegal. It's illegal. You guys can't I, I be know. healthy and happy. Fuck I know. At the, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Is you, you, the medicines that we are seeing can really make you healthy. Are you're not allowed? You're not allowed the medicines that can make you healthy. That's essentially what's happening. Yeah, which is crazy. Which I look like. I look at it like. I mean, you know, maybe uh, hypothetically, but if you have a bunch of, you know. You have this nation of people who are enslaved maybe it's mentally whatever it may be They're, you know you want to keep them as downtrodden and as unhappy as possible you know give them some entertainment here give them some entertainment there keep them entertained keep them entertained with politics keep them entertained with the news whatever it may be but don't let them figure out how powerful they are don't let them become healthy and happy creators because then it becomes a threat to the system right when everybody's happy and creating and no longer under control and no, no longer walking through life and as a fucking zombie and, and, and everybody stepping into their power as artists and creating from their heart and sharing with the world, then all of a sudden there, there's no, you don't need the government anymore. You don't need anybody controlling you and telling you what to do because everybody's healthy and happy. So mm -hmm. let's fucking keep that illegal. We want to make mm -hmm. sure everybody stays in a dark cloud of fear, mm -hmm. you know, and, and cancer and, you know, all these diseases that come with it. So, um, but it, the tide is changing, man. And consciousness is rising and you've got people like yourself, who are sharing these modalities with the world, these medicines, the real medicine that can change people's lives. And like we said, when, when you change someone's life, their world changes. So, um, yeah, man, it's powerful shit. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah man, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, about your experience with, with DMT, man, because yeah. we talked about mushrooms, but I know you experienced, uh, DMT straight DMT. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I know people are learning more about that now. And interested in that as well so i've had people yeah. mention it to me i've had people say oh mushrooms i don't want to i don't want to trip people are so scared you know i don't want to trip for four hours but i want to try dmt uh because right. they say it's 15 minutes and i'm right. like well right. i mean it may be 15 minutes but from what i've heard it could seem like an eternity you know right. and right. it's 15 minutes but what was your experience with that yes yeah, so dmt very very powerful as well there's a few different forms of dmt and as we mentioned before, um, our body produces DMT a few different forms as well. Um, so it's something, again, that is um, we depend on for our perception of reality. Um, it's found in nature it, throughout plants. It's a very common molecule really throughout nature. And a specific type of DMT, 5-MeO-DMT, um, which is the strongest, most potent experience, uh, psychedelic experience there is, 
That is what the poison of the Sonoran Desert Toad, the Bufo alvarius Toad, carries on its skin. And somebody figured out, <laughs> not too long ago, actually, this isn't an ancient medicine, I believe it was in the 70s or 80s, uh, a man named Albert Most discovered this and somehow figured out if you scrape the poison and dry it in sun and smoke it, uh, <laughs> you're going to get really high. So that was the birth of 5-MeO-DMT. Um, that is what I tried. I've tried both forms of DMT, both very powerful. One is more visual, the NN-DMT, which is normal DMT, or not normal. There's NN-DMT, which is um, somewhat more common. Um, that produces a lot of visuals, a lot of hallucinations. Um, very interesting, a lot of mathematical figures that I saw, a lot of geometry. The 5-MeO-DMT, much more powerful for me. It's not visual. It is a body sensation, and it is very hard to describe but the best way i can describe it is that it is the experience of death of dying and through current research we have um, a lot of reason to believe that that is what occurs when we die when mammals die there's a flood of dmt so it is also known as the spirit molecule for that reason it has something to do with those doors of perception with the on that line between the unconscious and the conscious for some reason, DMT is present there. It's present in our when we are born in both the mother and child. It's present, they believe, when we uh, dream, when we sleep. Could be responsible for dreams. Uh, it is activated during breathwork. So during the cyclical hyperventilation breathwork, styles like the Wim Hof method, there's um, DMT release that I have felt. Um, very, very strong bursts of DMT, especially early on, the first few years of doing Wim Hof method I, I don't get them as much anymore since i've got to do many more rounds to get to that level it came very easily at first so that's endogenous dmt and um very powerful yes short 10 15 minutes but it's it's um again dying so you lose you lose um your perception of all reality awareness of your body of uh, your surroundings of uh, space and time itself, of you, of your identity, of who you are, of anything. I mean, literally going into an abyss, uh, and it is the abyss, I, I guess, is what I experience. This feeling of eternity, this feeling of waking up, falling asleep, simultaneously to an eternal dream. Um, the most profound, profound feeling um, I've ever had as far as on a physical level of just so quickly being blasted into some a different realm. Uh, and you get to deep in your subconscious so i had on several times that i did it i had um very deep rooted trauma surface through me and bubble up out of me and much much beyond an analytical level much beyond what uh, you can describe it was the emotion itself it was the experience itself the experiences of themselves of of the specific trauma um escaped and it was escaped out of me almost like force and energy um and um very powerful right very liberating um and it's interesting because it goes so deep way beyond your mind your thinking mind that for 20 minutes you're like at the core of your subconscious and it's, you're very clear on what's going on and what's happening as far as the the cleaning the purge you know the um complete surrender and disassembling of our construct of reality and it's a complete acceptance because you really it's so powerful you have, you have no choice but to accept it to surrender and then you come back very quickly and within an hour you're right back to where you were before normal and 
it's almost like you you don't really hang on to that feeling. It's almost like waking up from a dream where it's very concrete when you first wake up the first few seconds and then it dissolves rapidly. And then you, you don't really remember what that dream was. It's sort of like that. But that area and that place that you touched bubbles up and emerges over the next few weeks. And the work that the medicine does, does what it has to do deep within you. And you come out, for me, I came out with a, a very deep piece for, regarding a lot of issues. Um, a very deep piece in general towards life. I think it really helps diffuse any fear of death. Because again, you essentially taste death. You have a, a taste of what death can be like. So that I think subconsciously definitely um, reduces fear of death. I definitely don't feel I have a fear of death. It's also because the philosophy that I study, Stoic philosophy, focuses heavily on death. So I'm very comfortable with death. Um, but on a physical level, I believe it has a, a, a very big effect um, should somebody have a fear of death. Mm, okay. So you you did experience, so it was some heavy healing as well. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. Because I just want to make that clear because, you know, the perception is that, you know, and I was just talking to somebody the other day, a good friend of mine, and still to this day, his perception is, well, you're just, I can experience that other ways. You're, it's just, you're just doing drugs, you know, and with, like we've talked about before, you know, we got to change that paradigm. We got to shift the paradigm into understanding these are medicines that will heal your soul, you know, right. and right. That's, a, that's a real thing. And you, uh, you've, you know, you're explaining exactly what it did for you, the healing that it's done for you. And uh, that's why I wanted to have you on here. You know, I want to share this. I want to get this message out because mm -hmm. everybody, everybody needs some healing, man. You know, oh, absolutely. there's no, there's nobody that doesn't, nobody that walks this earth, I think pretty much that doesn't need some healing, at least in our society, right. you know? Absolutely. So yeah, man, that's powerful. Um, you know, one thing I was going to ask you about was the, uh... oh, you mentioned that. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. The, uh, it... When I was on DMT as well, and this is just random, but I also saw like I lost my sense of existence for a little while, and I was, you know, I was kind of I thought I had gone insane, and uh, that was just part of it. But I saw the I also saw the mathematical equations, like it was the universe. I was in the universe, I was the universe, you know, I was just right. the fucking universe. Right. And I'm looking around, kind of, and everything is mathematics. It was weird. And I'm not a mathematician or anything. And I'm not right. math. I don't care about math, you know, but everything was fucking equations. And I, I, that's just a trip, you know? Um, oh yeah. I saw the most complex mathematical equation in my life. Yeah. Working right. itself out sort of like in a vertical um, picture, like the matrix, the movie, those green numbers, oh. almost identical to that. And it encompassed my, my whole field of vision, eyes closed. And it was just mathematical equation, just working itself out is is wild. That's nuts, man. Yeah. It makes you think like, and it, it it makes you think like, you know, you you have, you know, you theorize with these things, and you're like, are we, are we a fucking program or what? You know, like, why are we seeing mathematical right, right. equations when we go deep within ourselves? You know, so right, right. You can learn you learn a lot about yourself and the universe and life and God by using these medicines. Yeah. You know, God oh, yeah. is a, that's another. That's another, uh, we didn't really touch on that. And everybody has a different view of what God is, but from the research that I'm, that I've just been doing through life, and I'm sure you have too, uh, a, a lot of ideas on God have originated through psychedelics, through plant medicine, even, uh, even, you know, there's some theories that Christianity started through psychedelic medicine. There's that book, you mentioned it, um, 
uh, where they talk the about immortality the, key. The immortality key, yeah. And that's a yeah. He goes, that guy spent. I listened to his story. The author of that book spent years dedicating his life to right. research. You know, and he's, uh, you know, like a high level linguist. I think right. is what it's called, linguist, right? So he's able to uh, mm -hmm. interpret all these languages and tell you what they were actually talking about. And the conclusion he came to is that, like in in Greece, right? Um, when Plato and all right. those guys were going to this place called Eleusis, they were all doing psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he even yes. alludes to the fact that that may have, Jesus may have also been on that, somehow connected to that. You know, I'm not saying that's the truth, right. but I'm saying there's right, a lot right. of stuff that leads back to, to that. And to yeah. my experience, man, I mean, I can't, you know, I don't think you can actually say what, it's hard to say what God is if you're being told what God is, right? So most people are told their whole right. life, this is this is a book, right. whatever religion you're in, this is God, this is what you believe about God. And you're listening to, you're just taking someone else's story, the words, the sounds that are coming out of their mouth and they're yeah. telling you. And so most people are basing their life on that, right? But the true right. essence of learning what God is, is experiencing it for yourself. And I believe when I did right. mushrooms, when I did ayahuasca, I understood what God was after that. Right. And right. I really can't explain it. I can't explain it, but I knew what God was right. and I knew what death was. And mm -hmm. like you had said before, and when we met, you know, we're just kind of evolved. We're kind of higher level primates, just making these noises out of our mouth. And uh, right. it's really hard to explain what these noises and sounds, the truth that we're trying to explain. So it's hard to explain a psychedelic right. trip for somebody who's never done it. But, um, and that, that will be the last question I kind of ask you before I let you get going here. You probably got stuff to do. But what has been your experience as far as, um, as far as God, you know, what, yeah. what is your experience with psychedelics and God and how has your understanding kind of changed through psychedelics mm -hmm. and has it at all, you know, yeah, right. I mean? has it at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's an interesting uh, book that you bring up because um, that's all evidence-based, you know, and this liberation of the mind and the consciousness and exploring your own consciousness this has been the human battle throughout our evolution throughout existence these mind altering and consciousness expanding plants have been suppressed over and over and over throughout humanity specifically precisely because of what you mentioned that it's hard to control a free mind and um you know here we are seeing it again emerge um and one of the main reasons back throughout history that they were suppressed was religious, was because these plants offer you a direct access to the divine. That's how I feel. That's what I feel when I go into those deep realms. That it's a direct access to the divine, which coordinates everything in the universe, essentially God, right? And so that's very threatening to the Catholic Roman Church. That's very threatening to any institution or religion that tells you what God is based on a story based on based on uh, any sort of um, um, mythology of any kind which is most religion falls into a storyline you know, humans naturally can attach to a story and so they found out that it was easier to control people to give them a story of existence have them believe that and prohibit them from having their own direct access to God so that's why this whole we're in this battle that's why we've been in this battle um, you know, they emerged back during the Spanish Inquisition when underground again started to creep up uh, during those thousands of years. And the 60s was the first time they popped up in our um, current history in the last century. 
So that was a pop-up and then suppressed again by political again. Free minds are hard to control. What was going on at the time? Vietnam. Very difficult to conduct a war and go and you know take over another country if uh, people at home are actually thinking about the war and thinking about the ethics of war and these deeper questions that they don't want you thinking about. So that's you know that's um, some of why uh, a little more why they're illegal in the bigger context uh, uh, and it is it is a war of consciousness it is a war of um, you know some call it a spiritual war, spiritual war and I see that as well but it's most definitely a war on the right the divine innate right to explore our own consciousness which again is access to the divine access to our own God and that's what it is for me God to me is everything all of my knowledge especially the book but that's the basis of how i try and operate um i studied the stoics stoic philosophy that's in my book um i write about that heavily in my book and that's the operating system i try and run on and the stoics viewed god as synonymous with nature so Stoic philosophy popped up between the transition of many gods of the Greek gods. You know, there was multiple gods and the sun god, the moon god. And now we have the era of monotheism of just one god, um, whatever that that god may be. It's it's uh, mono, monistic. So between that era, we didn't exactly know. And so during that time, Stoicism popped up as a, a way to to monitor ourselves and how to make the big. How, how to answer the big life questions um, using logic and reason. And one of their methods, big methods of doing this was to observe nature and extrapolate the lessons learned, observe from nature and apply them to yourself in every respect of life. And through that, they viewed uh, that process as almost um, dancing with God, of communicating with God, of learning. Ah, God is literally teaching us lessons through nature. So that's the language. So our language is observe nature. And for me, that is absolutely beautiful. That's what I try and do. And that's what it is, which means God is everything. There's nothing that isn't God. Uh, every single thing you see, touch, hear, smell, experience is a manifestation of God, of the universe. It's all, all experience is the product of everything that's happened since the Big Bang and before, which we don't know. Well, before insinuates we have an understanding because it's linear and time would be a component of reality but we don't even know what time is so our language and words get complicated but it's essentially the product of all of existence is every single second of your life and everything you every everything you know so I mean, that's the best way i can describe it for me what god is 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 all all everything yes that's beautiful i agree i agree and uh you know i I'll add to that, that I've during just uh, starting young reading about these, because like I told you before, my dad was like, hey, I can't tell you what God is. He was raised a Catholic. He's like, I can't tell you what God is. You got to find that on yourself, you know, find that on your own. And so it just sent me on this mission and reading all these things from all these spiritual teachers. It was, it made sense, but it was hard to comprehend. But as soon as I connected with the plants, uh, I was able to understand all of these great spiritual teachers explanation of God. You know, mm -hmm. and until mm -hmm. then, until I experienced it, they were just words on a page, somebody telling me their experience. But then when you experience it, you know, you realize like, man, like you said, God is all there is. God mm -hmm. is infinite wisdom. God is the field of all possibilities. God is, you know, all that there ever is, all that there ever was and all that there ever will be. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we are God, right? We create our own world, you know, we create 
Right. Like we talked about earlier, we are the creators. You know, right. we create as we fix ourselves, as we heal ourselves, our world is created. You know, how mm -hmm. powerful is that? Mm -hmm. And I think we forget how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. We have forgotten how powerful we are. Right. And that might be, like you said, that might be on purpose. You know, this mm -hmm. these powerful beings have had their power taken from them over thousands of years, you mm -hmm. know, but we're getting it back, man. So, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's, you know, like I mentioned, it's it's back. It popped up. It's been around since we've been around, you know, look into the Stone Day theory. But um, ever since we started uh, having language and societies, you know, it's, again, popped up and repressed. And the last time it popped up before the 60s was back during the Spanish Inquisition. 60s failed. Now it's back. So we are at a nexus point, probably the biggest nexus point in our evolution. And it is no coincidence that the plants are here. And I believe they're trying to save us from ourselves. And through co-evolving with the plants, then you know, I, I think it'll be a, a happy ending, but we absolutely need the plants. Their wisdom is far superior to anything humans can possibly muster up. I mean, fungus, for example, was the first life form on earth four billion years ago. Um, so that wisdom, we need that wisdom. We need help. You know, we, we need to lose our ego to society. Just, we obviously need help. Plants are pretty, pretty smart. Let's have the help of the plants. I think it's about time. Yes. 100%. Yeah, and we can tap into their wisdom. They allow yeah. us to, they're giving us right. that. They're like, here, here, right. let, let us help you, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, it takes stuff like this and sharing your book and just continue sharing. I mean, yeah. like you said, it's a huge nexus. And right now it's never been, it's to the point now where you have, it's becoming legal in places because right. they're seeing the effects it has on people who are depressed, you know, and there's, there's medicines being created around this and it's every few months a new place has a little bit it's a little bit more legal here you know they're allowing testing here this college is working on it here you know so it's it's happening so it's a good it's a right good right i mean we're in we're in a very good position you know in yeah. the 60s in the 60s it came up abruptly and there was not too much uh, education behind it and, uh, perhaps society wasn't ready then but now we have um many many institutions behind it many many universities uh, most of the big universities around the world uh, the intellectual community we have a lot of powerful people behind it this time it's being done i feel more responsibly it's much have a much stronger base much more momentum it has much more solid science our scientific tools are much more advanced so we can dig into the brain even more that's just going to grow exponentially our capacity to understand these molecules is going to grow exponentially uh so i believe it is here for good it you know it, it's here and the time has the time has now started for it to really take foothold in our societies and start to um, revolutionize and change society from the ground up, you know? And yes. um, yeah, one more thing I wanted to add uh, to the idea of God, because this is an important element that I, I hope others um, can understand that one of the forms that for me, the way that I <clears throat> attain that feeling of a connection with God is connection to self. Um, and so the plants help us to really foster that connection to self on a spiritual level, on a soul level, and the research I've been doing even on a physical level, uh, how being more mindful mm, improves our capacity to be mindful. So it increases the activity between cells that can increase our interoceptive awareness, which is the communication between cells in our body. So we can dig deeper and deeper into our own self. And what I've experienced is the more that I can experience my true self and the deeper I 
connect to myself. And that's having that inner peace. That's just knowing it's just that inner peace that you are divine being. And that connection to self, to source, is the connection to God as, as well. And, and that's what the plants allow us to do, is the connection with the plants create a connection with ourselves. Our connection to ourselves equals the connection to God. The connection to God equals overall health because of a sense of belonging, because of all the beauty that comes with that. Yes, that's beautiful. We, uh, I believe, you know, we we get out of resonance with our 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 natural resonance is God. Like we re that's our energy. We resonate with God. We are God, but because of all this poison and and domestication, we get out of our resonance and we get out of alignment with God. And like you yes. said, is one thing that the plants do and mindfulness is bring you back into that vibration. And as you get close into that vibration, and you know you develop an inner peace and and you can create from that position. And you know it's uh, nothing really can bother you as much. As right. you know, you can walk through life a lot happier as you get into alignment with God. And uh, yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing. And the plants right. that we're talking about can really help you get into alignment with God. They will bring mm -hmm. you directly into alignment for a moment, you know, for some, right. you know, for at least a little while. And then you come out of that and you have to, uh, what's the word uh, where you work on it? Um, integrate. Integrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You integrate what you learned into your life. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah, man. Marcus Aurelius, who now we know that these guys were, you know, getting high on the Kukion and Ulysses when they were writing the Stoic philosophy, which led to a lot more philosophies. But he has uh, one of his sayings is, nowhere can man find a, a more untroubled or quieter retreat than in his own soul. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that he was really high on the Kukion when he felt that and he was meditating for hours and hours, you know, and that's what he means. And I, I know that feeling very well. That's why meditation is amazing, man. When you're in that zone within your soul, there is no more untroubled or quieter retreat or more blissful, peaceful place. So it's all within yourself, you know, that idea of peace and heaven that exists now within ourselves. Yes, sir. Yeah. And Marcus Aurelius, who was the emperor, right? Of emperor of Rome. Rome. Yeah. Emperor of Rome, which was the, the you know, that was the, the empire. At, was, yeah, at the peak. At, yeah, at the peak of the biggest empire. And he's, he's left all of this wisdom. Yeah. And we now know that there's a, probably a really good chance that he was using psychedelics to go within and connect yes. with God. You know, yes. he's that's what's generating all of this wisdom. Yes. Share right. with people, you know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, no, and no coincidence that that philosophy, philosophy fell in my lap right. right after the mushrooms did back in 2017. You know, yeah. no, it's it's no wonder I love that philosophy so much. I mean, that is how I think when I'm in a deep journey is exactly those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 you're making me want to go read meditations now Mark yeah really, uh, that's check it out. yeah that's one of the ones you always read right go back to it whenever yeah definitely so yeah right on man well shoot i know you probably got stuff going on today so it's always always yeah man i appreciate yeah, you being here so just real quick man um tell us about some of the things you got going on and where people can find you i know you got your shirt right there your uh show yeah shirt. Yeah, it's yeah. In San Diego. It's got that mushroom on it, and that's on his yeah. website. Hey, I like that. I'm gonna get one of those. And then on the back, I've got different things. This one has a. Can find yourself to the present, Marcus Aurelius. That's dope, man. I gotta yeah. get one of those. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah, get one I, of those for I sure, have them man. on my shop, uh, on my website. So I have shirts, hats, beanies, sweaters, all kinds of things with uh, mushroom swag. I have inspirational quotes on some shirts and some funny shirts. Um, so all kinds of merch and swag that you can purchase to help uh, raise awareness. It's a great way to, you know, raise awareness and people love them. They really do. 
start talking, you know, that right there, somebody, you could be walking on the road and somebody sees your shirt and they, hey, that's interesting. That could spark a conversation about mushrooms that could lead that person to, to uh, investigate about microdosing that could change their entire life. These things are the things that are happening in my life. It really does happen. A shirt can spark something like that, you know? Um, so, and all the proceeds are, I, I use to uh, fund further retreats and just grow this whole um, business and, and uh, vision that we are working on to hold safe containers for people to really be able to heal. Um, so yeah, there's a shop uh, on my website and we have several events coming up in San Diego. We are starting, we've already have started workshops and doing retreats and then starting up ceremonies for when uh, decriminalization does go through in California. So trying to be um, really the first psychedelic retreat in San Diego once that happens. And we have a retreat in Oaxaca coming up in August with uh, our medicine woman that we spoke about briefly. So that's coming up at the end of July. That's going to be a mastermind, uh, Ascension mastermind retreat. All of the bigger, biggest movers and shakers, I know any yoga instructors or anybody in the wellness space um, that wants to, you know, get together in the mountains and put our heads together, have a think tank and see how we can um, possibly make some pretty uh, dramatic positive change in the world somehow. Um, so that's in August. I have a big talk coming up in, in Santa Barbara on May 31st for Mental Health Awareness Month at District 216. It's an um, exclusive psychedelic club. So I have that coming up and a lot of things. You can find out about all of this at my website on takingbackmymind.com and the book is there as well. Right on. And you also do, you, you do coaching too. We talked about that. You do yeah, I do too. private coaching, personal spiritual development classes. Um, the the six week uh, to three month microdose program, self-improvement programs. Um, I do ceremonies as well. If you want to dive deep right away and go to a one-on-one -on -one ceremony, um, I do those as well. And yeah, absolutely. Pretty much anything at all in, in this space of improving your health, not even just psychedelics, of course, you know, you, you can come to me and I can really help help instill the tools in you for you to really dramatically improve your health based on breathwork, cold exposure, all of that. So I can I can really help you in any regard from anywhere you are, really. It's all about improvement. If you're in a really dark place, perfect. We have the size of limit. If you're doing very well already, well, we are breaking some pretty serious ground in, in what we are doing. And so let's keep elevating. Maybe we can get you on our team, you know? So it's all about constant yep. elevation. Yep. Yep. Elevate, man. Now, can somebody, can you, can somebody work with you who's not in San Diego? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, marketing and things like that, video editing, there's always, uh, there's always remote work that we yeah. need and, and our and, team's expanding. And as far, and as far as coaching, same thing, if someone wants to co uh, work with you. Yes. Like, online. They, mm -hmm. they can do it online yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yep. We just set up a Zoom and we go, we can even do all the physical activities, just like an online yoga class, essentially. And we work through all the physical stuff as well as the integration phone calls okay. and all that. And not the journeys themselves. Microdosing, yes, because that's microdosing and you would you would have your microdose um, pills over there. The journeys, of course, you can't do that online. That's in person. But anything aside from that, um, it is online. Perfect. Or can, okay. can be. If you're in San Diego, it's in person if you want it to be. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And one other thing, your Instagram is uh, Gerardo Urias. Is yeah, that... Gerardo Urias 77. Okay, 77. Yeah, okay. yeah 77 is the Perfect. book. Okay. The book's IG. I have a personal IG too, which is G Urias 77. So those are my two Instagrams. Oh, okay. Right on. Okay, man. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. That was a really good talk. Uh, that was that was that was good, man. So I can't wait to share this. And, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, we'll wait a few months and do another one and see where you're at, man, and just keep it up. Keep putting the message out, man. Absolutely. Anytime. I'd love to have back on in a few months, maybe after our retreat, and we can talk about how that went. That would be awesome. Right on. Sounds thank good. you, man. I appreciate it. If you don't mind, just hold out. Hold on for just a just a second. Yeah. All right. Thank you, brother. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.